Welcome to the Bicultural Podcast. The Bicultural Podcast celebrates cross-cultural identity and gives insight into cultural differences to help you improve business relationships. The podcast is published bi-weekly and is hosted by myself, Janina Neumann, a bilingual creative, social entrepreneur and business owner of Janina Neumann Design. Welcome to the Bicultural Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Atlin Ford, a marketing consultant and the founder of The Culture Club Shop. Hi, Atlin. How are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. It's um, amazing to be here with you today. Thank you for inviting me um, to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. My name's Atlin and um, I'm the mother of two children um, and um, I've had a long career in marketing um, which has been amazing, um, primarily working in the tourism sector, but also um, financial services, um, social housing, and also local authority. So quite varied in terms of my marketing. Um, and um, more recently, I have begun um, training and helping um, small businesses with their marketing. And um, I've launched my own e-commerce business, um, which I feel um, really encompasses um, everything I've learned throughout my um, my marketing career. So um, that's a bit about me. I'm based in London, um, west of London, and um, I've been in lockdown, obviously, for the last 18 months, but um, I do really enjoy um, walking. I've got a, um, a small dog, so I enjoy walking my dog and um, keep, keeping active. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a fairly comprehensive summary of me. <laughs> That's fantastic. And what made you um, be interested in um, tourism? Um, I suppose when I first um, kind of started my marketing career, um, I knew that I wanted to be passionate about the product that I was marketing. And um, uh, travel was something that I always loved from a young age. But also um, my first real, um, I suppose, job within the tourism sector for marketing was for um, a, t- uh, a tourism board, um, the St. Lucia Tourist Board. And um, my family are from St. Lucia. So I've been traveling there since I was a child and um, really loved the culture and loved everything about it. It just made me feel really warm and happy whenever I thought of the destination. And so um, when I saw that there was an opportunity to do marketing, which I loved too, two things that I was so passionate about together, I felt that I was destined to be in that role. And the interesting thing about it was that um, when I applied for the job, I kind of um, almost knew that it was mine in the beginning, just a bit of instinct. But I started to second guess myself because I had uh, my daughter was fairly young at the time. And it's stated quite clearly in the job description that I'd be traveling um, to the Caribbean, but also other parts of the world as well. And I was a bit concerned about that. And so when it came to the final interview, I said I couldn't go to the second, the kind of final interview. I'd had a couple of others beforehand. And the director at the time had called me to say that, you know, I was a top candidate and I really had to come to the um, to that final interview. And I was actually in in Cornwall at the time because I knew I wasn't going to go to it. But I drove back from Cornwall to go to the interview. I got the job. And at the time, I was marketing executive. Um, and I was there for many years and I got promoted to the assistant director. And then finally, I was the director of the St. Lucia Tourist Board. So. I think it was meant to be really, but it all stemmed from my love of marketing and my passion um, for the destination of St. Lucia. Wow, what a great story. It's it's always as if it was meant to be, like yes. you said. Yeah, yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about the culture in St. Lucia. Um, it's, um, I think at the time when I first went there, when I was about, I think, um, seven years old, I had no idea how important that, that first experience would be. At the time, I was a child from London, used to the creature comforts. And when I went there, I stayed at my great-grandmother's house. And it was in the country, and there was no electricity, and there was no indoor toilet, and um, the food was um, all very natural. So I was used to having, you know, breakfast was always cornflakes with milk. And um, my gran, who I travelled with, um, it was her mother's house, it was my great-grandmother's house, but I travelled with my gran there, and um, she brought my cornflakes with me. <laughs> but obviously we needed milk. And so, you know, I was looking forward to having my cornflakes. But when I had it, I was like, oh, my goodness, it tasted so awful <laughs> because they had literally milked the cow. It was a cow. They had cattle. They had cow outside. And oh. they milked the cow. And I had obviously the freshest milk you could ever have. But obviously I was from London, so I was used to having my milk from Tesco's. And so these were the kind of experiences that I had. Really, my cousin and I used to go on adventures, just go off all day long, going through the forest, foraging for fruits, fresh bananas we used to have and other things, um, picking mangoes off trees and going to the beach. And, um, yeah, it was freedom. I hadn't had that kind of freedom in London before. And so at the time it was very different for me. The outside toilet was a terrible experience. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But um, on the whole, it really had a big impact on me. And also I just think the fact that um, everyone in my family thought of St. Lucia very fondly. My mother had come to the UK when she was about 12 and the way they spoke about St. Lucia as home, it felt like such an amazing place. I was excited to be there and to see what all the talk had been about. And um, from there, I got to go again a few years later and uh, obviously it was sunny. It was always fun during the school holidays um, and I got to meet my cousins and have fun and that freedom. So it was always a very positive experience. And um, to this day, I still call St. Lucia home and um, I always look forward to going. And I haven't been to St. Lucia now um, probably for nearly two years. Um, I was due to travel last December and I've had to keep changing my flights because of the COVID and the pandemic. So I'm really looking forward to getting back out there to experience everything I love about it, the people, the food, the language, the humour, um, the dress. There's just so many great things about the destination that I love. Wow, that sounds so interesting. Um, tell me a little bit more about the dress. Yeah, so it's um, it's a traditional dress called the madras, the madras cloth. And um, it's kind of derived from um, our kind of cultural heritage of St. Lucia. So. Um, in the beginning, I suppose, when um, the slaves were brought to St. Lucia, um, they were brought by the French and the British. And the French and the British um, kind of came to the island. The Amerindians were there and the Caribs were there. Um, and the, I suppose that they've more or less been wiped out now. I think there's still maybe some aspect of them there, but not very much, which is really sad. They were the original people of St. Lucia. Um, and so um, when the um, the slaves came from Africa, they brought some of their African culture with them, but also they started to take on some of the French and the British cultures from the colonizers. And so the Creole is all about that mixing pot of cultures, um, and it's just grown, really. And so the Madras club actually, I think, was from um, partly from India, because they also brought Indians over as slaves as well. And so, again, it's just this melting pot. And um, during the month of October, we celebrate our Creole heritage. And um, that is through the, the dress, the traditional madras cloth, which is like um, 
I suppose it's like um, like a kilt kind of pattern, if you're familiar with the Scottish kind of design. Mm-hmm. But the colours are very rich. They're very um, reds and golds and blues. Um, so there's some beautiful patterns. And you have like a full skirt um, and then you wear a white blouse usually and um, a shawl and then a, head, a beautiful headpiece. And the headpiece represents your status, whether you're married, single, engaged. So it's wonderful. And then um, during their celebrations, they also do a traditional dance called the quadrille dance. And um, it's kind of a pairing, a man and a woman. And then you normally have four people, it's called a quadruple, four couples that do a dance to um, traditional um, music. So this is something that you also see during the um, Creole, or Juni Creole, we call it again, because of the French influence or heritage, Creole Heritage Month in October. And the wonderful food as well, from the traditional kinds of food, like bouillon, which is like a broth, a soup that we have. Um, the ground provisions, like green banana, um, or fig, you call it, and saltfish. Um, and then many of these dishes were derived from the times when um, people were slaves and were able to make um, food that would last a long time, um, or they'd be using the um, foods that were available to them. And that's why they created the broth, because it was just picking up different things that were available to them at the time. But it's some of the most tasty food you'll ever have. Oh, wow. That. That is a huge impact on um, culture there. Mm. And I find it really interesting how they took on, you know, parts of the French and British culture, even though they were enslaved um, mm-hmm. by these the, these cultures. So how many people know about the um, heritage side of um, St. Lucia? I think it's a big thing. I mean, I think the tourism is really big in St. Lucia. And um, if you come to the island, you can't you can't miss the culture. The language is also a big thing. And this is also where you'll see the mix of the African, the French and the British. So they speak um, a Creole language, um, which is a mixture of all those different cultures. So if you're French, you may understand some of it. Um, again, if you're British, you may understand some, as, some of it as well. But um, the language is spoken widely. English is the official language of St. Lucia. But um, the Creole language is also spoken um, widely. And so you will hear it being spoken. And so um, if you come to the island on holiday, which most people do when they come to St. Lucia, um, you will no doubt experience um, the culture because it's all around. Um, And I think that's one of the the highlights to the point that um, there's such a thing called culture tourism or heritage tourism, where people actually come to immerse themselves in the culture of a destination but obviously in St. Lucia, um, that would take the form of going on historical walks um, and understanding the history of St. Lucia and why it is as it is. You can also actually, going back even further, you can see some of the artefacts from the Amerindians um, and the Caribs on the island, some of the carvings that they did as well. But you have the, um, the cultural centre, and again, it talks to you and you find out more information about the, the history and culture um, of St. Lucia. Or if you go for the carnival, you can kind of see expressions of the culture through um, the parades and the masquerade bands. So, um, yeah, I mean, these are things I think culture is such a rich thing. It's such an emotive um, part of any destination and of any people. And the people of um, St. Lucia love sharing their culture. They're so proud of their culture and heritage that any visitors that come to the island, you know, they are they are invited to enjoy the culture of the island as well. Wow, that sounds wonderful. And I'm just thinking about, you know, how um, the culture has been preserved through all this time. Um, 
tell me a little bit more about, you know, why it's important to preserve the culture, the heritage culture, and also um, how you can approach that as well. Well, the culture is what makes you unique. And this is what makes St. Lucian's different to other people from other places, even our neighbouring islands, which are similar, um, are not the same because of the unique um, culture that a destination has. And I think this is what people appreciate now. It's all about you know, living in the moment. It's all about having these um, authentic experiences. And the culture is so – so you cannot get more authentic than someone's culture because it's, it's real. There's no hiding it. And I think that's the great thing about retaining the culture of St. Lucia. Um, there was a time – when um, I think it was, they there had been ideas about suppressing it. And so in school, my mother was growing up, she was told not to speak the Creole language um, at home or in, at school. Um, but now that's all changed and, um, you know, it is celebrated and people are actively trying to learn and retain the language. Um, I, my, my, I myself, I can't speak it very well because my mum didn't speak it at home because her mother didn't want her to because they were told that it wasn't good. But I think there's been a whole reversal now. I think people are really embracing culture and realising how important it is because it's part of your identity. As I said, it, it makes you unique. And, um, yeah, I think um, everyone's culture is special to them and um, it evades every, every part of you. And I think it's really important that we do retain it and we encourage our children to um, celebrate it and see the positive side of our culture. And uh, my children, um, who are now 12 and 21, have been to St. Lucia multiple times. And that's partially the benefit of working in the tourism sector that I got to travel, not only to St. Lucia, but to other countries. And I think that's also when you start to really appreciate your culture even more is when you see um, how unique it is when you look at other places. And I think the other thing about it is that um, when you are when you're away from that culture, so we, we grew up in London in the UK. Um, my mother came to um, to the UK when she was a child. I think even more so, you then celebrate it and want to hold on to your culture even more. And this is kind of partially where um, the idea for the, my business came from, because it's all about celebrating cultures and people's heritage. And my my audience are people who are displaced or away from their cultures and so I find they grab onto it even more they really want to showcase their flag oh, so people know where they're from it's a conversation starter and then when you have that conversation they will you know gladly tell you all about their amazing country they're from I also have a range of um, products authentic products from St. Lucia and other countries and what you'll found is that um, people's um, cooking styles have become um, uh, some more adventurous, want to try different things from around the world. But what that has led to is that um, manufacturers within, say, the UK have started to create products that are originally from other places. And so it's meant to be like a replacement or try this, um, you know, sauce or seasoning instead of the original. But for people who know they want the authentic product, although the UK-based one may be cheaper, um, and they've tried to make it look like it's authentic. We know it's not. And authenticity is the most important thing. The flavor won't be the same. Or just knowing that you're supporting a business from your home country or from another country. Um, and it will make a, a real impact and a real difference. And so I think people are really valuing authenticity um, and valuing small business and valuing 
the work that people put into making a good quality product rather than just getting a replicated product from someone copying um, who maybe could be from a large conglomerate or something as well. The quality and the care and attention just isn't there. And I think that applies to many different um, products and also um, experiences as well. So um, in St. Lucia and other countries, you have a lot of um, tour guides and, uh, and attractions and you have you know, some of these larger companies that were put on tours. But isn't it amazing if you could literally find a local guide that could take you around the island and talk about their own shared, their own experience of living in the destination and showing you fruit trees and um, plants and things that can be used, were used as um, kind of herbal remedies and to this day are still used. So if you have an ailment, they will take you to the bush and pick out some leaves and boil it and create a broth for you, a brew, sorry, to make you feel better. Uh, you know, and these are the kinds of things that people are almost going reverting back to wanting to have these really natural, organic um, products rather than, you know, having the mass produced products from a factory. And so this is, again, all about why people want to come to these destinations to have that um, authentic cultural experience. Oh, wow. There's so much to unpack there. One of the things I'd like to start with is what do you think has caused this change, this shift for people to actually embrace, you know, their personal identities a bit more and um, look into, you know, um, perhaps um, where their parents came from or how they identify with different cultures? I think people, um, I suppose, are more curious now. Um, I think um, as we're becoming, I suppose they say one world, the world's becoming smaller, you know, through travelling frequently. People are, you know, um, reaching out for those authentic experiences. And even if you look at um, social media, um, some of the most popular posts are these experiences where people are going to these amazing remote places. You know, it's all about, you know, I've done something maybe not everyone else has done. And um, I think people are now really, rather than going down the line of um, following everybody else, we want to um, be unique. And I think that is why people's identity is so important to them and the, the rise in people um, doing these, um, uh, what's it called, the genealogy where you're looking, you do your um, sample and you can find out where you're originally from. You know, people are really curious about who they are, who their histories, and exploring other cultures as well. Um, and we've got the opportunity to do that. Travel had become more affordable um you know there's a great world out there and I think people really want to explore it now more than ever and I think the other thing that the um the pandemic has done I think has also enabled people to actually want to explore their local communities more I think um as well as obviously exploring you know where you're from I think you know people are also wanting to embrace their local communities more and seeing what's on their doorstep because I think we're just so caught up in the nine to five, work, work, work. And I think that balance has changed now. I think people are really focusing more on that work-life balance. And when they have time, their own time, their free time, wanting to really ensure that they have a memorable experience during that time. You know, we all have Netflix and that's great for killing time. But in terms of creating lifelong memories, this is from going out and interacting with people and going out and being at one with nature going to new places these are the things that stay with you and as I said at the beginning of the of the show that um I'll never forget that trip to St Lucia that I went to when I was seven it is you know it's ingrained in my mind and it's 
I never knew at the time what an impact it would have on my life later. And that was, you know, the most authentic experience you could have as a child and um, has stuck in my mind much more than any, you know, TV program or any other kind of experience. And I think people have really come to realise the importance of those enriching experiences and the impact they have on life. And so people are always reaching for those experiences. Um, so I think, yeah, that's part of a number of different reasons there um, why I think people wanting to find out where they're from and are wanting to have these um, authentic experiences. Yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm just thinking, you know, for those who are quite new to, um, you know, cross cultures, and um, meeting people from who would consider themselves um, to be cross-cultural um, or bicultural or multicultural, like they find it difficult to, like they want to get to know someone. And I would just be curious to find out, you know, we talk about, you know, where you're from. And for example, my approach is to let that person reveal that themselves. How have you found it? For example, you know, growing up in London, but, you know, in the back of my, your mind, you also had St. Lucia, you know, and those experiences. How have you approached it um, when people have asked you, you know, where you're from or how do you approach it um, when you want to find out more about someone? Mm. It's almost one of the first things people always ask, actually. It's a real connector. And people are looking for those connections, those similarities, um, some kind of common ground um, or a point of interest. And I think that's why people often ask where you're from. And then I had posted about this actually a while ago. When people say, where are you from? What is your answer? Do you say you're from London? Do you say you're from the UK? Do you say your parents are from St. Lucia? In fact, my father's also from Jamaica. So I'd often say um, my family are from St. Lucia in Jamaica. Although I've been to St. Lucia many more times. I've only been to Jamaica once. Um, and I feel like St. Lucia's home because of the experiences that I've had there. But um, for me, that will always be my answer. If someone says, where are you from? I'll say that my family from St. Lucia and Jamaica because, you know, those those are the things that are really important to me. Um, and some of them say, oh, no, I didn't mean that. I meant where you, you know, where do you live? And I say, oh, well, you know, I'm from London, I'm from West London. But I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I think it has a, a deeper meaning for me and I think it says more about who I am when I say about my where my family are from uh and so um and people often say oh I've heard of St Lucia they've got this perception of it you know as this beautiful Caribbean island and they're intrigued they want to find out more they may say they've been there lots of people have been to the island it's such a small island it has had a big impact many people have been there and had really positive experiences so it's immediately a conversation starter they may talk about the Piton Mountains which is like our a world heritage site and, um, you know, kind of a world famous kind of um, uh, um, mountains that we have in St. Lucia. So people often kind of recount that um, and their experiences um, on the island. So, you know, I, and I love talking about it, you know, there's, there's, I can never have too much to say about St. Lucia. So for me, when I introduce myself, that's always the first thing I'll say. And then people will say where they're from. And um, again, it's great when they say, they're from somewhere that I've been because I'm equally as excited to talk about my experience in their country. And um, that is the benefit of having been to quite a few destinations in the Caribbean and across Europe um, and the America. America. Um, I can talk about that. I haven't been to much of Asia yet, but I'm really excited to do so. I've been to parts of Africa. I definitely have more to explore, but I think it's such um, a great topic to talk about. I love people who have travelled or people who are interested in travel, because it's just such a nice thing to talk about 
um, place that you've been and why you enjoyed it. Um, and I'm always eager to encourage people to visit St. Lucia. Obviously, that was my job as the director of marketing for the tourist board. But I think even outside of that, I'm still always keen to encourage people to go because I know they're going to have an amazing time there. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that's great. And it almost makes me um, think of, you know, what you're doing with the Culture Club um, um, shop as well. It's almost, you know, when you um, have a souvenir from somewhere, Mm -hmm. but this is a souvenir from where you would call home because you don't usually have access to the the products as, you know, as easily as if someone's investing their time into it. And I just think that's a really nice thing. And but tell us a little bit more about how you source your products. Like, how did it all come together? I think it was quite timely. It began at the beginning of the pandemic um, early last year, um, February, sorry, March um, time when the pandemic first started. And um, I think I'd always, as I said, had a passion um, for St. Lucia. And those are the first products that I had in terms of the flag fashion um, that we have. So we have um, accessories, footwear, um, clothing, um, with different um, flags who were all inspired by Africa and the Caribbean. But we, it all started with St. Lucia and then Jamaica. So again, kind of reverting back to what, what I know well. But um, I think for people who, my, my customers, um, I feel that um, there is this sense of pride in showcasing where they're from. And I almost feel like um, it was very timely because I feel that... Um, in light of um, kind of Brexit and then, um, you know, Donald Trump and all this, you know, um, the, the atmosphere, I think people were, um, I suppose in some sense, were not, um, felt that they wanted to hold on to their identities because society was almost making judgments about people from where they came from. And people were often um, made to feel bad about not um, embracing their Britishness or their American identities. But I think there is a pride in um, where people come from. And no matter what society says, I think people still always want to showcase that because it has such importance and meaning to them. It is part of who they are. And, um, you know, quite often what happens is people will buy a product of mine, they'll start wearing it. And then their friends and family will be like, oh, where'd you get that from? I'd love to have one of those too. They're equally as proud of where they come from and they want to also showcase it. And they really want a good quality product. You'll often find if you talk about souvenirs that um, they are mass produced, a lot of them. Um, and um, the quality just isn't there. And so you may go you know, somewhere, pick up something that's got your national flag on it, but the quality just isn't there. And for me, it's really important to have a good quality product um, and to make things very wearable not for it to be, um, uh, I suppose, um, the styling is really important, the comfort. Um, I want the products to be usable, not just to be put on the mantelpiece and forgotten about, that people um, want to wear the items that we produce. Um, because I know how important it is to people um, to be able to showcase their where they're from. So it's really nice. I feel so happy when people are excited. They're like, wow, look, oh, there's my flag. You know, when they see that you've got products, I've got their flag on, you know, and if you haven't got, they haven't got every single flag, I've got a good selection. Um, 
But then people almost feel disheartened when they say that you haven't got their flag. And I say, you know, we're introducing new flags all the time. We're introducing new product. And they say, oh, I love this product from my country. Do you have it? And I'll say, oh, I'm going to try to find it for you. Because people, you know, they it's difficult to get hold of these things. And so I feel like, you know, I'm definitely fulfilling a gap in the market. Um, but it's just about creating that awareness so people know what we have. And obviously that's through the marketing. And we are getting the, the word out there. And um, our customer base is growing all the time. But, um, yeah, it's wonderful to see people so happy to have their products and to wear them. I, people often send pictures of them wearing the products. They're just so happy. You see them posting it on online, which is just wonderful to feel that you can have this impact um, on somebody um, and enable them to kind of connect with the place that they're from. Um, and even some people, to be honest with you, may buy some of the items and they're not from the destinations, but they know it's an authentic product, especially the food products and things like that. People want an authentic tea from Jamaica. They know that the products have been grown organically um, um, and care has been taken to create a good quality product um, and that the people who own the business are Jamaicans. Um, and so um, many people um, who maybe even not from that country will still appreciate that authenticity within the products that we have and so we try to ensure that all of our products um, are authentic and from um, the Caribbean um, or Africa because you know these are sometimes quite hard to get hold of um, in the UK. Oh wow that's so cool and you know um, having looked at your website they're so beautiful and you know you can tell the quality of them as well and what I really like about it is that it's still accessible Mm -hmm. and it you know if we think about, you know, how would someone get that product, you know, for, for an individual to get that product would be very hard. So it's great that you give that platform for them to be able to purchase it from. But one observation that I found really interesting, you know, with the home decor, such beautiful um, cushions. And now I'm just having, um, I'm just reflecting on this really, that in the UK, you don't really invite people around to your house unless you're like quite close friends with them. Mm. But I suppose, you know, for people to feel, um, you know, um, comfortable at work and to kind of to show off who they are. I love that you've introduced um, also the um, clothing side because then people can see, you know, through, for for example, the um, patterns or the um, flags, who they are, because, you know, a lot is said about ourselves when someone comes to our homes, you know, we might decorate it in a certain way. And I just love that, that people can express themselves at work as well. Mm. I mean, um, I'm not sure where people are wearing the items. I kind of get the feeling that our products are kind of more leisure um, focused, um, but mm-hmm. perhaps people are, I mean, especially people are working from home now. If you have got your leisure wear on and you're on a Zoom call, then I presume everyone will get to see um, that. And again, you can have those um, conversations. But I do feel, again, that um, your home is a, a really important place for people to be able to um, feel comfortable and feel they can showcase their culture at home. And so I feel that the um, the home decor items that I have enable people to do that, to feel that um, they can access these products. Because again, quite often you can you see things and maybe it's not in, in, in the kind of modern style, so it's not to, to people's taste. Um, but I think, again, it's really important when you do come into someone's home and they're able to express themselves through the way they've decorated their home. And I feel that, you know, we do that as a business. We can make, give people the opportunity to purchase things that enable 
that showcase who they are. So that I think is really important as well about the home decor. Oh, that's brilliant. And, you know, I just love how um, also presenters on TV are more comfortable um, with sharing parts of the identity. Like I've seen quite a few times now with where people wear um, earrings, which are shaped in the, um, in the, um, in in the shape of Africa and I think that's really interesting about how they communicate as well because the what we see on TV you know also influences in what we think is acceptable or what we can wear even though it's our own decision at the end of the day but I just think that's really encouraging as well that people are kind of showcasing their personalities a little bit more as well. Yeah I mean I think it is a statement isn't it um, but I mean I think the the fashion the earrings, I think, are more of a fashion statement um, um, as well as having a meaning um, behind it. But um, obviously, um, Africa is one of the biggest continents in the world, and it, you know its importance um, is um, it has a you know significance and a lot of importance for many people. So it should be really no surprise that um, people are wearing um, clothing with the map of Africa in the same way that people wear the Union Jack. Um, I think um, it's a positive thing and it should definitely be embraced. I think um, quite often I think Africa is hard done by in terms of the way it's represented in the media. So I think um, anything good to change that and to show the importance that Africa has um, to the world, I think is a really positive thing. Definitely, definitely. Oh, it's been so good talking to you, Atlin. If people would like to connect with you, but also perhaps buy some products from you, where can they do that? Um, so the website is cultureclubshop.com. So you can um, have a look at our range of um, lifestyle products um, on there. And if you see something you like, you can make a purchase. We ship um, uh, to the UK and to Europe. You can. We also ship to the US, but the, the shipping costs are a little high at the moment. But um, yeah, take a look. And if you want to connect with me, you can find us on Instagram, which is again um, Culture Club um, UK. I'm on Instagram and Culture Club Shop on Facebook. And I'm on LinkedIn under Atlin Ford if anyone wants to connect with me on there as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I've learned a lot and I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Atlin. Yeah, so did I. It's really nice to talk about where I'm from, as I said. I can never say too much about it. So thank you for inviting me on to talk about it. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe, review and share with others? You can also find all transcripts available at transcripts.thebiculturalpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and bis bald.